Blue skies, finally, and it got cold outside. Elon, Putin, Zelensky, what's going on there? U.S. dollar going down. Robotic window washers. I'm sure I've asked about this before. Starting a newsletter? Why not? Inktober, NaNoWriMo, and a lot more. Folks, Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you are doing well. If you're in Beijing, staying warm, uh, but enjoying the blue skies. Isn't that uh, kind of nice to finally see today? And uh, yeah, it has been, the temperature dropped quite a bit. Uh, was it, yeah, it was a Sunday night, it was getting cold, but Monday uh, was pretty cold as well. And then today was, uh, uh, it wasn't as windy today. But uh, yeah, on the upshot, the smog is gone and the blue skies are here. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, nice to look at but it's one of those things where you're like i could be in warmer places right now even if it's just inside right uh <laughs> this what what's what's going on with elon putin and Zelensky? not all three together no uh very separately now Zelensky and elon are very active on twitter um putin not so much but then again i don't follow him so i'm not sure if he has a, a government account on twitter or not uh, now, on Friday, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, uh, what was going on was that uh, Putin actually had a, another speech. They held referendums, and I mean, as referendums are in places such as Ukraine and, and Russia, they um, they weren't real. I mean, they were referendums in name, whether or not they actually were of, of the people, for the people, by the people. Very uh, not a good question. It, they just they they weren't. Um, and so on Friday or it was Thursday or Friday at some point he held this rally uh, in uh, in Red Square in Moscow, and uh, you can see these uh, videos of him saying on on the count of three to say ura ura ura, and it's just bizarre. You're going so like, Crimea is getting bombed now. <laughs> They've been bombing Crimea. Um, like, like Ukrainians have been getting into Crimea as well, uh, and they they they're declaring some sort of liberation of these um, these few places that they want to hold referendums in, and uh, it's not just uh, Donetsk and Luhansk. It's these there's a few other places that they're they're laying claim to, uh, which basically means that uh, well, it, in theory, in theory, it should mean that if Ukraine uses uh, U.S.-sponsored or U.S. or NATO-provided uh, weapons, uh, then on those areas, that means it's basically a declaration of war uh, against Russia. The problem is that the U.N. doesn't uh, recognize these things at all. NATO's not recognizing the uh, referendums. Countries around the world aren't recognizing these referendums. So it's, again, it's going back to like Russia's word against the, the West, it's, and, and as we've seen, it's not like Russia is playing by the, the rule book of war, and he's, he just doesn't care, I mean, he's like, well, why should I follow your rule book, and I, I can't blame him, I mean, why would anyone follow a playbook of war that is written by the enemy, uh, <laughs> it, it just it doesn't, doesn't make sense at all, uh, and so he's sort of pushing ahead with this, he holds his rally, um, he goes on some long-winded speech that was just very, very distorted view of history. I mean, you, I don't know what kind of crack you have to smoke or drugs or what, forget that. What kind of 
very skewed books are you reading that are giving you the ideas that this guy had? Uh, some of them was that um, it was like, his longstanding um, point is that Ukraine is not a nation, and I mean it, it's it's false. Uh, if uh, a, a people want to be their own nation, basically, I mean, they can go ahead and try to do that. Uh, they can set up their own sovereignty. Uh, and this is what Ukraine is facing right now, is that they want to be uh, independent. They want to be their own people that, and uh, away from Soviet and Russian influence. Uh, but uh, Russia keeps on sticking its dirty little fingers into uh, into its politics. Now, you can say, yeah, the United States is doing that as well. Uh, but on, this, uh, on the same side, I, I mentioned this last week, is Ukraine's choice who it chooses to ally itself with. I mean, if it wants to um, go along with the U.S. because, I don't know, things seem to be... Not just the U.S., the West, because seems things seem to be a lot better than they are you know, looking East, then that's the prerogative of, of Ukraine. And, and so this whole thing where uh, Putin was just going on and on about... Um, the historical connection between these two countries, uh, how uh, and he was talking about the Russian Russian speaking people around the world. Now this is kind of a an issue because this this starts to you know, this this creeps into China's territory. There's a lot of Russian speakers uh, in this country uh, as well as uh, around the world. So if he starts doing that, like Finland, Sweden, this is what Zelensky was warning about. He's like, if, if he invades. If he continues to invade and is, is successful in Ukraine, he is going to try to make a land grab for uh, Finland and Sweden, which at one point were uh, part of Russia many years ago. Finland and Sweden both applied for NATO membership, uh, as far as I, I remember. Ukraine now has uh, also officially applied for NATO membership. So if Russia was trying to get them not to do it, that didn't work. That goal did not work. So anyway, Putin goes off on some whatever distorted view of history again. And on Monday, <laughs> Elon Musk gets into the equation. Now, Elon has been supportive of the uh, the war efforts in, uh, in Ukraine, being pro-Ukrainian, uh, seemingly so, uh, providing Starlink services uh, throughout, uh, throughout, throughout the time. But all of a sudden, on Monday, he tweets this thing out where... Um, he talks about uh, should they settle for peace, sue for peace. I, th there was another guy who was, um, was it Dave Smith on Joe Rogan was talking about this as well. Uh, and again, this goes back to one of these things where it it's not, no, no. I mean, it, it's just a complete uh, abomination of the idea that there could be a deal. And this is what Elon Musk's tweet kind of goes on. It's like, Redo the elections of annexed regions under U UN supervision. Again, why does Russia care? He hasn't cared. He won't care about this. They say, and then he goes on, he states this, Crimea formerly part of Russia, as it's been since 1783, despite uh, Khrushchev's mistake. Um, again, Russia, I don't, does he even talk, does Putin ever talk about 1783? He, he has mentioned that Khrushchev made a mistake back when uh, Crimea was handed over to, to Ukraine. Uh, water supply to Crimea assured, Putin won't care. Ukraine remains neutral. Putin won't care. I mean, <laughs> he goes on to say, this is highly un un highly likely to be the outcome in the end, just a question of how many die before then. 
I don't know if it's highly likely that that's going to happen. I mean, those elections in uh, the annexed regions doesn't they don't matter. Like it's not Putin going oh well oh well now that Elon Musk is saying this and now that you know oh the UN will supervise the elections. Oh, okay, okay, right. See, as the UN sanctifies, so no, 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 no. If Putin wants to make more land grabs, he's going to do it. He's doing this. He's going by his own rule book. I don't know who is feeding him this stuff. Uh, it doesn't sound like many. He's consulting many other people. He's pretty much playing this one close to hand, uh, close to heart. He's playing his own hand uh, and keeping people, probably rightfully so, out of the main decision-making organ um, sort of choices because I don't think he can trust them. I don't think he, I, I, and I think he knows this. He's like, I can't trust you anymore than I, I can trust the next guy. I mean, they're they're probably all trying out to, you know, out to kill him. Um, or at least are part of whispers of trying to. So it's not like he, he's living, you know, a luxurious, insulated life where um, he can just walk around doing whatever he wants. I th- I think he's he's being doubly um, careful about his own advisors as well. So of course the response to Elon Musk, Putin never responded surprisingly, um, but uh, Zelensky basically says like uh, he responds, which Elon Musk do you like more, one who supports Ukraine and one who supports Russia? Now the the big thing about Elon Musk's tweet was that it was a poll. It's just you know, so he says yes or no to the the four things I mentioned before: redo the elections, Crimea's uh, um, being part of Russia, water supply, and remaining and Ukraine remaining neutral. Yes or no. Zelensky responds with his own poll, uh, which Elon, do you like one uh, better, the one who supports Ukraine or one who supports Russia? So um, now it's it's it is made clear that Elon has been supporting Ukraine and it, the war efforts again uh, throughout the time. So it's not as if he's pro-Russian. Uh, it's that these tweets are. It's like why are you why are you getting into this? And, and later on, he says. Russia's going into uh, partial mobilization. If they go full-time, if they go full-war mobilization, death on both sides will be devastating. I guess, but the people that they're mobilizing don't want to fight. They, the, the, the Russians don't, the, the Russians that they're conscripting, basically, don't want to fight. Look at the, the, the reams, the, the streams of people uh, fleeing the country at the moment. Um, how about this? Donbass and Crimea should decide whether they're part of Russia or Ukraine. This was part of the issue back in 2014 when Putin was saying, we're not there, we're not part of, we're not uh, in Crimea doing anything. You sent your private military contractors with money that was funneled through whatever um, people, whatever channels you had to, and they were supporting pro-separatist movements in Crimea. So you can... (sighs) Splice and dice the words all you like. Uh, at the end of the day, this whole the Elon's Musk is just rehashing all the stuff that hasn't worked already. So again, I don't know why he's trying to get involved um, in this uh, this argument of oh well, the people should decide. Putin doesn't care. Putin is not concerned about this at all. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. dollar going down, gold silver going up, and markets have reversed. Now, why do I? pair that so suddenly with these uh, this thing we saw oil spike and it sort of topped um was at the beginning of the year i guess it was and it's one of these things where and same with bitcoin that was the other one that was like why is it all of a sudden uh, 
peaking like what's going on why why doesn't it uh, keep on going up to the moon as so many people wanted to believe it would back in the day so oil topped actually in march um, double topped at the beginning of june and has fallen steadily since then now since uh at that time uh gold has finally gold topped in march at 2050 roughly and since then has been going down pretty steadily and the last couple of trading days in the in the U.S. markets uh, and around the world, it's finally reversed course, and that's because the U.S. dollar has finally uh, broken, so to speak. It's not it hasn't broken as in like the dollar's dying. Yeah. U.S. dollar going to zero? Not at all. No, what I mean is that it's finally topped, and, uh, and so it topped at 114 at the end of last week. So what's happening? That probably means uh, some sort of indication here is that China is now selling its treasuries or whatever it is. Even though the country's under its uh, uh, National Day break, uh, it seems that, and they said they were, that there was going to be some sort of floodgates opened or whatever it was just yet at the end of last week. And US, uh, China holds a lot of U.S. debt. I don't have the numbers. I had these numbers at one point. They've changed since then. Uh, but at one point, China was the biggest... Uh, creditor nation and the U.S. was the biggest debtor nation. Let me get so the U.S. was in debt. China was holding that debt basically, and the, and and if they did, if they ever chose to like release the floodgates, basically, it would spell some sort of doom and gloom for the U.S. dollar. Now that we've seen the U.S. dollar go up for the last oh nine goes up from ninety six in February, hitting one fourteen. Uh, just last week at the end of September, it's one of those things where you kind of wonder, oh, what, you know, how, are, what is China doing? What, what's the China hand in this uh, uh, current uh, slap fest that's going around? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, I can't help but think it's like three people, uh, you know, um, what are those two characters? On Friends, Monica and Rachel, when they get into that slap fight, that's kind of what I see happening in terms of like the, the goings on of... Uh, um, just the very convenient movement of the U.S. dollar, gold, oil, uh, these uh, the, the, the re, basically the pulling out of um, Russia, uh, or at least parts of these annexations and stuff like that. So geopolitically and financially, all seems to be uh, somewhat uh, connected. So what next? Good question. Uh, September is usually a bad month for the markets anyway. Uh, whether uh, August, October will be any better better uh good so far it's off to a good start but uh the whole idea is that uh at some point like i was mentioning that there was going to be some sort of balance anyway uh and there could be throughout october and then possibly another fall into november again i don't know exactly anything can happen (laughs) who knows even the big guys who have all the money have consultants on every tick of trade that they could possibly imagine i mean it and if, let's put it this way. If you don't have a room full of analysts uh, that you can call on to um, give you the the best and worst case scenarios of what could happen if this and then that, then there is no way that you as an armchair strategist are going to be able to uh, easily figure out and really understand what's going on. We don't. So we make educated guesses and uh, risk as much capital as we're willing to uh, and no more, hopefully, and also have our stop losses in place. All right, so anyway, moving on from geopolitics and finances, although I was actually told on the weekend that, Steve, why haven't you started a finance um, 
website, you know, and talking about stuff like that. Good question. Uh, my father had his own newsletter. Um, he wrote. Uh, he, he was right. He got interested in uh, finances in the late in the early nineties uh, after uh, giving a broker uh, it was five or six thousand dollars or something like that, and the broker lost it. And I remember my dad always tell, told the stories like I, he asked for his, his money back, like wondering was it guaranteed? And the broker's like, well, no, it's just part of the game. And like my dad was basically he wasn't so much livid. He was like, what? And ever since then, it was basically a chip on his shoulder. Uh, very cynical towards anyone who would tell him anything about money that basically he couldn't figure out on his own or that he couldn't do on his own or said, if someone said that it was the little guy couldn't win, he's like, he was basically like, well, fuck you. Yes, I can. And so he just went down on studying uh, the stock market and everything. And I mean, that's when he started like... Computers were just being released and being made available to the people back then. And that's one of the reasons why we got a computer was so that he could start studying uh, how stocks work and uh, to also do some right to, to work at home because he was, he started working at home late 90s, I think, and stuff like that. And that was sort of one of the, um, the things that enabled him from uh, or to uh, learn more about the stock market and write for his own readers, which were mostly agricultural readers at that time because that's uh he was working for an agricultural uh publication so it's not unheard of in my family to be you know talking about finances actually if you wonder where i get a lot of it from it is from my father and that cynicism towards economists and uh the big money and you know the the market is rigged sure which way so I can follow it, basically. I mean, I'm not going to argue against it. I want to know how I can profit from it. <laughs> oh, let the let the talking heads with gray hair uh, go on. I don't care. Just how can I make money in the process, right? All right, so uh, they are washing the windows outside. And I w- again, I think I've mentioned this before. Why don't they have robotic window washers? I'm guessing it's because it's still economically feasible to hire these two guys swing it from the roof to wash the windows. I think they get to our building tomorrow. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but, oh, man, I don't know. I think that'd be kind of a cool job. I don't know how much they get paid here in China. Probably not very much. But I hope they get that whole hazard pay and everything. Uh, I'm hoping that it's at least, you know, like minimum wage is basically around 3000 roughly, plus 1000 uh renminbi stipend. So 4000 total per month here in China. Uh, I hope they're getting more than that. I mean, it's a, I don't know. Um, I don't even know who to ask for that question. It's like, if I want to apply to be, ah, where would you even look for these jobs? You know, you can look for window washing jobs in Canada very easily. You go to any sort of agency job portal, stuff like that. And it'll, you, you can find a window washing job and sort of look it up. But here, how much do those guys get paid? Oh, good question. Some creativities are starting up. October marks the uh, beginning. If you haven't started already, I know at least one guy who uh, took part in this last year. Inktober. So every day for the next uh, 31 days. So throughout the month of October, uh, this is uh, something that people are going to start. You can look for some of these uh, designs uh, online. You can actually look for guidance on this too because they publish uh, themes for every day. Now, this uh, Inktober and the next month is NaNoWriMo. And then for me, um, I'm thinking I might go ahead with the December drumming again, then January, 
and then February I have another idea, but I'm I'm not 100% committed to it because again, as I found out last year, three months of creative output every single day, plus all the other projects, plus Chinese, plus I'm doing the Delta now, plus working full time. It's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. What are you guys taking part of? Are you doing any of these uh, creative projects uh, as they are right now, or are you? Uh, what What are your winter plans? You know, going into the colder season up here in the northern hemisphere. Uh, do you have any ideas of what you're going to do to uh, keep yourself busy and distracted and warm inside while the uh, Earth tries to remind us how very small and cold we can get? <laughs> All right, folks. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I will talk a little bit more about the Inktober and NaNoWriMo tomorrow uh, because uh, there's actually uh, one or two other ideas I think are interesting to throw about just in case someone in, is interested in taking part of that. Okay, again, show notes and tracks and vids up on my website, stephenserski.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will talk again. Bye-bye.